You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media, and of course, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We're so glad that you're here with us this week. If uh, if you're new to the show, my name is Amy Johnson. I'm your host each and every week. I also happen to be the lead correspondent here at AHLReport.com. And uh, here at the Press Zone, we talk about the Laval Rocket, Habs prospects, and uh, to also take a, a little bit of a look at things happening around the American Hockey League. Uh, and that particularly will happen in the second segment when our special guest and Rocket Sports contributor, Patrick Williams, Williams joins me here on the show in the studio uh, for the AHL Hot Stove segment. In the first segment of the show, however, we're going to talk about the three games that the Laval Rocket had last week as they continue to battle for a playoff spot. Uh, In fact, when Patrick joins me in the second segment, we're going to kind of give everyone a reminder of what it takes to qualify for the playoffs in the AHL these days. The format did change in recent years, so kind of give you a little primer on that. And there is actually an AHL team who has already clinched a playoff berth. Uh, So we're going to go into detail a little bit uh, later on all of that. Before we get started, I'll simply invite you to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. If you're a fan of the Montreal Canadiens, if you like learning about their AHL affiliate uh, and and the prospects who are playing there, if you're interested in the American Hockey League, then this is the show for you. And I invite you to hit that subscribe button and also share this podcast on your favorite social media platform. Laval played three games last week, uh, wrapping up their homestand on Wednesday night with a tilt against the Belleville Senators, who have been desperately trying to get out of the last place in the North Division. Uh, And then Laval went out on the road, won divisional matchup in Syracuse, and then an Atlantic Division opponent uh, when they visited the Springfield Thunderbirds, which has become a, a little bit of a rivalry now that those two teams went all the way to Game 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Of course, Springfield coming out uh, on top in that one in Game 7 and moving on to the Calder Cup Final. But starting with that last home game against Belleville, uh, this uh, they, they, lo- they had lost to Rockford uh, the Saturday prior, and that was not something that happens that has happened very often for Laval in the last couple of months. Uh, losing on home ice Uh, and the game against Belleville was out and out ugly for the Rocket. Um, 
the senators managed to, you know, the senators have had just absolute obstacles as far as injuries, particularly with their goaltender. Um, at, at the goaltending position, they've, with Ottawa going through a lot of goaltending in- injuries, Belleville going through a lot of goaltending injuries, it's been a, a rotation in the crease constantly. Um, and their goaltender actually left this game with an apparent injury as well. And so they had a, they had a new guy come in, um, as well, but it was Belleville really taking the reins very early in this game, uh, scored two in the first two in the second, uh, added another one in the third, uh, to, to beat Laval five to one, William Trudeau managing to eke out a power play goal there in the third period, just to avoid uh, getting shut out uh, from from this game, uh, but the Senators, uh, the PK has been an issue for Laval all season, and it certainly suffered on Wednesday night. Uh, of the Senators' five goals against, four of them came on the man advantage, uh, and it was just top to bottom, probably one of the worst. Uh, it, it certainly ranks in the top three worst games that Laval played at home this season. Um, and there was also a ton of penalties in this. Riley McKay was just unhinged. Uh, there were misconducts, there were fights. Uh, McKay had, I think two or three majors had a couple of fights in the game. He ended up earning himself on one game suspension that would be served on Friday night when the team traveled to Syracuse. Um, Laval with 55 penalties minutes on the night, the senators with 40 for a combined 95 penalty minutes. It was a nasty game. Uh, Laval was, was obviously frustrated. They're dealing with a lot of holes in their lineup as well as, uh, you know, there's injuries. There are also call-ups to Montreal. Um, this was the first game that Frederick Allard, uh, the defenseman that Kent Hughes traded Nate Schnarr for last week, uh, made his debut with the Rocket, um, on this night. So he was a, a a third pairing defenseman with Matthias Norlander but just an overall ugly effort from Laval. So that left them with heading out to Syracuse on Friday night. Um, Syracuse is always a tough opponent. It's always very tough to play in their building. In fact, um, neither team has been able to win on the road in this series. Um, As I said, Riley McKay uh, suspended, so he was out of the lineup. Uh, Xavier Simino was out of the lineup with injury. Uh, Anthony Richard had been recalled to Montreal, um, and after warm-ups, the Rocket announced that Brandon Gignac would be unable to play at the very last minute due to injury. So Frederick Allard was actually supposed to be a healthy scratch in this game, which I find interesting, uh, as they were already going with a with a, a 7-11 uh, lineup. Um, and he was going to be the odd man out, but he actually drew in as the seventh defenseman and Nicholas Bodin, defenseman, was forced to play at the forward position because they were on the road and, and Jean-Francois Ull had 10 healthy forwards and that was it. Despite those uh, challenges, Laval ended up winning this one 2-1. to one. It, was, it was a very tight game. Mitchell Stevens scoring for Laval in the first period. Uh, Syracuse not being able to get on the board until the third period uh, when Daniel Walcott buried a shorthanded goal. Uh, This game actually went to overtime, so it did help the crunch in that they managed to get a point out of this game. 
which we're going to talk about in a moment, is is crucial for just about every team in the North Division right now. Uh, but it was Pierre-Rick Dubay with the game winner in overtime. Uh, and this was the first time that either of these teams won a game on the road in this series. And so despite the the things that were missing from the lineup and the challenges that they had. Uh, this was a good bounce back game for Laval, but also a good effort uh, to come out and win on the road against a, an opponent that they tend to struggle with. However, the next night they headed over to Springfield and this was a kind of a completely different story. Uh, Frederick Allard in this ended up did being the only healthy scratch on night. Uh, they did get Riley McKay back in the lineup after serving his suspension, but Zhignac and Simino still unavailable. Uh, and JFL decided to give Caden Primo the night off. Uh, Caden Primo had been starting the last, you know, eight games or so, eight or nine games. Philippe de Rosier used to be a Springfield Thunderbird, and so uh, all giving Philippe de Rosier the opportunity to face his former team uh, gets the start in goal, and um, things opened up rather. I don't want to say rather quickly for Springfield because each team did only score one goal in the first period. Um, but once, you know, once that swing kind of went Springfield's way, it was a little hard for Rocket to, for the Rocket to get their footing uh, on the way back. It was 1-1 after, after 20 minutes. Neither team scored in the second, and, and so it looked like this was going to be another Syracuse uh, kind of repeat a very tight game and that that the rocket might actually have a, a a chance at this but the thunderbirds absolutely opened this up in the third period martin firk with a hat trick uh when he finished things off with an empty netter uh the thunderbirds scoring four goals in the third period uh to win this one five to two it was a devastating loss for for laval uh as they seriously and desperately need those points but a couple of interesting things here. J.F. Wool twice last week made the decision to pull his goaltender in favor of an extra attacker during a power play with more than 10 minutes left in the third period. He did it on Wednesday and he did it again on Saturday. On Wednesday, it paid off. That's what allowed William Trudeau to get that power play goal in the third period so that they could avoid being shut out by Belleville, even though they still lost 5-1. to one. So it paid off for J.F. Wool at that point in time. It didn't pay off for JFL this time around. He pulled DeRosier for an extra attacker when they went on the power play with about 11 and a half minutes left to go in the third period. And, and I mean, this is just, this is, this is not a, a strategy you see a coach use very often, much less twice in the same week. Um, and so they weren't able to capitalize on the six on four, um, but DeRosier stayed out of the net. Uh, there was a good chunk of time, more than about eight and a half minutes of that third period that DeRosier watched from the bench and the Rocket were defending an empty net for about eight and a half minutes of the third period. Uh, it was it was so uh, kind of a, a, a surprising element that Joel Hofer, who was last week's AHL Player of the Week, the goaltender for the Springfield Thunderbirds, Joel Hofer has had a goalie goal in his career, and he was on the hunt for a second one. He took uh, a shot, and and Charlie Lindgren has told people from when Charlie played with with Joel Hofer last year when he was in Springfield, um, and and said that you know Hofer is very good with the puck. I mean, you get him the puck and you get him a net. He can he can he's got a really good shot at scoring. So Hofer took a shot at. Uh, the empty net during that big extended time that that DeRosier was pulled, he hits the left post. 
A um, couple of minutes later, he goes for it again, manages to get the puck behind, <laughs> behind uh, his net, goes for it again, misses just wide. DeRosier is still out of the lineup. Hofer gets it a third time. Cranks it down the ice again, hits the right post, but this time Martin Furk is is right on it as the trailer and is able to tap in the rebound as it came off the, the post. And that was the empty net goal that gave um, Martin Furk the hat trick on the night. Joel Hofer gets the assist, takes three shots at the Laval empty net, hits both posts in the process. Um, it was dangerous. It was it was a it was a very gutsy play uh, a decision by John Francois Wool to to keep DeRosier out for as long as he did I think it also indicates the desperation in the North Division that every point matters and he was very much trying to do whatever he could to give his uh, roster the opportunity to try to scratch and claw their way back into this game it just didn't work out this time uh, so Joel Hofer and the Springfield Thunderbirds come out with the 5-2 win on that night it was it was an entertaining game to say the least I would say of all three games last week it was the most entertaining of them but where does that leave things in the standings in the North Division? Well, as we know, there are seven teams in the North Division. The top five of them qualify for the playoffs. Uh, teams four and five compete in a best-of-three play-in round to determine who the true top four teams are going to be to compete uh, in more of a standard format for the postseason. Right now, Laval is sitting in that last playoff position in fifth with 58 points. Uh, they are at an even 500 winning percentage on the season. Uh, I'm sure they would like it to be more than that. Um, but where is everyone else sitting around them? Well, uh, Utica and Syracuse occupy second and third place respectively, and they've started to pull away from the pack a little bit. They're only two points out from each other, Utica with 66 points, Syracuse with 64, but they've they've opened up a bit of a gap on the rest of the field. Rochester is sitting in fourth place with 59 points, and every position from there down is only separated by a point. So you've got Rochester with 59 points, you've got Laval with 58 points, you've got Belleville with 57 points, and you've got Cleveland with 56 points. So only four points, uh, excuse me, only three points separate fourth and seventh position with one point in between. Uh, every This is literally the time of year where every point absolutely matters and Laval is in the thick of it uh, Belleville only a point behind them and Cleveland only two points behind them but they've got Rochester in their sights just a point away in fourth place and that's exactly who Laval is going to play on Wednesday night when Laval travels to New York and plays Rochester at Blue Cross Arena so that is going to be a game that has enormous implications for the standings uh, and then Laval will come home and they will host the Utica Comets twice St. Patrick's Day on Friday and then an afternoon matinee on Saturday Utica sitting comfortably uh, about eight points ahead of Laval. So Laval could either gain some ground on them or find themselves uh, getting left even further in the dust by the Utica Comets. Regardless of what happens, it is going to be a bit of a nail biter this week. And we'll see, uh, you know, 
if it, we we saw Rem Pitlick get injured from Montreal on uh, Monday night against Colorado, uh, they say he's healthy enough to travel, so it looks like maybe they're not going to pull a forward up from Laval, but you never know. J.F. Uhl might be looking at another loss on his roster for uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. We'll see uh, what happens this week as as those things continue to unfold, but it is going to be fast-paced. It's going to be fascinating, and every game absolutely has enormous implications and consequences. So if you want to follow all of the game action, follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. We give you live game updates as the game is going on, so you can keep an eye on what's happening in Laval while you're watching a Habs game or going about your day and then of course bookmark ahlreport.com we have comprehensive game recaps detailing everything that happened in the game including stats including the three stars uh for home games we have post game interview audio as well uh and so lots of great information there you want to make sure that you're looking for that after each and every game and boy oh boy uh we'll see maybe uh maybe next week we'll be talking about them moving up in the standings even if it's just a po- uh one place in the standings which would which would be great uh lots of excitement and uh looking forward to bringing it to you um right now we're going to take a quick break we're going to hear a new uh message from our sponsors over at DraftKings they've got a great new incentive for March Madness now that the NCAA basketball tournament has uh just about gotten started brackets are being set uh and so we're going to hear from them and then on the flip side of that Patrick Williams is going to join me here in the studio for this week's edition of the AHL Hot Stove you don't want to miss it Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. For me, I'm always rooting for the local schools, so that would be Nova, Villanova, and Penn State. We'll see how they do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Press Home Podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and an affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Once again, I'm your host of the show. My name is Amy Johnson and the lead correspondent here at AHLReport.com. You can find me on Twitter at FlyersRule. But of course, and more importantly, make sure you're following at the AHL Report on Twitter and make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. We don't ever want you to miss an episode of it each and every Tuesday. Tell your friends, tell other Habs fans, and the best way to do that is by sharing this episode on your favorite social media platforms. So I would be very appreciative if you just took a second and did that right now. 
All right, well, with everyone starting to talk about playoff numbers, playoff potential, who's going to make the postseason, who's not going to make the postseason, uh, it's the perfect time to welcome to the show Mr. Patrick Williams for this uh, week's edition of the AHL Hot Stove. Patrick, how are you doing today? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing all right, thanks. We made it. All the trade deadlines are in the rear view. Yes, now (laughs) we just have the college and the junior kids coming in. Well, you know. That's a that's that's easy stuff though. Like, that's another story on another day. Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 yeah. hope they wait a week. Let's hope they wait a week. Uh, before we get to the to the talk about what's you know starting to brew as far as as the postseason is concerned, let's I, we should probably first um, make mention of this week's AHL Player of the Week. Um, and I have to say, uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms fans, Flyers fans should probably be pretty ecstatic about the fact that one of their guys actually made the AHL player of the week this week. The The Phantoms haven't had a tremendously uh, remarkable season, uh, but they have started to have a bit of a, a resurgence uh, in in games of late, particularly this past weekend, they 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 swept their three and three this weekend. All three games they won, um, and so forward Cooper Marodi, uh, one of the guys that helped them do that. Uh, he had a hat trick in there, nine points total with six goals. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's it's been a bit of an interesting turnaround for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Yeah, and it's interesting, right? So like like the winds of change are definitely blowing through. Philly and then by extension Lehigh Valley, right? Like, you know, the mm-hmm. two are, you can't separate them. And, you know, you just had the general manager in Philly, Chuck Fletcher, fired uh, last Friday, um, which was, you know, strange timing, I thought, you know, post trade deadline. But yeah. I guess that's neither here nor there. But um, I think those of us who've been around for any length of time um, know that when something like that happens, everybody, you know, that, be at the NHL or AHL level, definitely sits up, you know, a little straighter, perks up, um, a little bit more at attention, perhaps. Um, that everybody is now more or less on notice, right? And certainly, if you're at the AHL level, um, you, most most players are either on entry level deals or they're on one, maybe two year deals max, right? If you're a veteran, and um, for some players, it's an opportunity. It's a new regime coming in, or at least somewhat of a new regime with Danny Briere now as the interim. But um, you know, for other players now, it's a like, okay, I better, I better finish strong here, right? And so Cooper Marody came over last summer, and uh, he was, he was, you know, in Bakersfield, and had always pretty much been a long time, um, very productive player at this level. They um, came in and. Uh, Sorry about that. Um, and went through a really, really rough patch uh, in his uh, you know time coming into Lehigh Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had like two goals in the first two months of the season. Um, it just did not click for him. And you know, really up until this recent odd stretch, I mean, he played half half a season, had six goals all year, um, way off his uh, typical production pace. Um, also, wasn't generating chances from what I've seen a lot of. Uh, with him so that you know there were there's a few different aspects of the, of his game uh, that were definitely I think concerning he's also 26 years old um, so that, that, that that's the stage for a player obviously we've talked about that where um, you're you're now more on a year-to-year basis in a lot of cases 
um, you know, whatever your case may be contractually. So um, I think just, yeah, I think everybody in that situation knows that, all right, this is the time now to really buckle down and uh, get into the playoffs here and, and produce. And so, yeah, we, we saw, I mean, Marody have a hat trick uh, against Belleville, um, you know, Fantastic weekend. I mean, one of the best, you know, you know, of all the, the player of the week awards that we discussed this year, probably if not the top, at least right near the top in terms of actual performances to earn that award. So, um, yeah, he's uh, he's another player. Like players, they, 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 they know what's going on around them. They know the news. They know the um, – they definitely have the rabbit ears situation. So, um, yeah, I think for him and anyone else, um, it, this is an opportunity um, both to produce, but also just to set yourself up uh, for whatever's next, either in Philly or, uh, you know, going forward career-wise. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's always good to see uh, teams who maybe have have kind of been down and out of it for the entire season, uh, a little bit of a breath of breath of life, uh, give mm-hmm. the fans some excitement as we'll see how, how all of that unfolds with the last uh, few weeks of the season, of the, of the regular season upon us. Yeah. And he's a he's a you know good character guy, and you know he's on a two year deal. Nevertheless, though, I mean we know that anybody who's on you know a two way deal, um, you know however whatever the the length, the term is, it's still precarious, right? And especially if you have potentially an all new regime coming in. Um, it's yeah, it's it can. I've, I've talked to players about this. It could definitely be a you know anxious time. Um, also, could be kind of a, a very liberating time too depending on you know your situation maybe you feel like hey this might be a new chance new, you know fresh uh pair you know set of eyes you know with a new regime so you know it's 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 one of the like kind of the dynamics around an AHL team that you don't hear a lot of, um very often but it, mm. it's a it's a major factor kind of under under the surface well as we talk about you know the push to the playoffs and so forth uh Amazingly enough, there is one team who has already clinched a, a playoff berth, and that is the Calgary Wranglers. Already, they've got 87 points on the season so far. They're 42, 15, and 3 on the season. Um, and uh, that's uh, pretty special for them to have already punched their way through to the postseason. They just keep winning. Uh, Dustin <laughs> Wolf keeps picking up shutouts. I mean, I, you know, I feel like, I mean, this is just a team now where it's getting the playoffs, right? Like, you know, and now they're in and now really they're the success of their season is going to be measured on how far they go. Right. And mm-hmm. they set the bar pretty high for themselves last year in Stockton going to the East or to the Western conference final. They took Chicago to six teams, the eventual Calder cup champion. Um, and that, that series was tight and that could have, I could have easily gone the other way, you know, uh, given a few bounces. So uh, Dustin Wolf, I mean, what a story, right? Like a guy who was seventh, seventh round pick. Um, I think picked six spots before the, the last pick in the draft, um, and comes in and you know he had a fantastic uh, WHL career. Now is just I mean, I didn't think he could do much for an encore this year, but mm-hmm. like after the encore, you know the performance he had last year as a rookie, and now like he's seemingly even better. And I think this this team around him is is that much better. They're that much deeper and. Um, now that all that being said, coming out of that Pacific Division is going to, going to be a tough, tough challenge. I think for anybody, uh, you have Coachella Valley there, 
who uh, they actually have a higher point percentage, you know, remarkably enough. Um, you know, so, you know, basically I think to come out of that division, you're going to have to get past Calgary or Coachella Valley or both, depending on who you are. So, and, you know, and those top two teams were, I think they're kind of on a collision course to, to face each other at, you know, some point in the playoffs. So um, that division really, you know, like seven, seven out of 10 teams make it. And, uh, you know, even kind of toward the the bottom tier of that, even like, like Bakersfield's a dangerous team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tucson can be dangerous at times. Um, you know, Ontario's in a, in a real rough patch right now, but they may be getting some help back uh, at some point in the playoffs. And they're, they're kind of a, a streaky team in general when they're on, they're really good though. So, I mean, wow. Any, I mean, and that's just come out of the Pacific division. Never mind if you get, you know, you want to come out of the West as a whole, you know, your essentials got Texas, Milwaukee, um, Rockford, mm-hmm. very uh, rejuvenated team uh, that was very active at the deadline. So, yeah, I mean, Calgary, uh, first one uh, to punch their ticket, but, um, it's, I think for them, you know, having talked to, you know, Mitch Love, the head coach there, and just different players, um, it's like, all right, well, that's nice. Now what? You know, like, now it's all about going on another big run. And I think anything short of, you know, Cup, Calder Cup for them, I think would probably be, um, I don't want to say, I don't want to speak to them and say it would be a disappointment, you know, but, you know, that's exactly what they have their, their eyes set on right now. Like, this is a team that is built to go a long, long way in the playoffs. So just as a reminder for our listeners, because this has changed in in recent years and, and some might not always be as familiar, it's sometimes mm-hmm. it requires advanced calculus for us to figure it out, but um, in, in layman's terms, kind of the quick form view, what is the format for qualifying for the playoffs uh, now for the AHL? Yeah, so yeah, uh, it's a little complex to get your head around at first, um, I should put it, you know, put it out there first. All this is done in mind uh, with getting more teams into the playoffs. It's now 23 teams in the league out of 32. Mm-hmm. Um, NHL GMs wanted their players to get that additional postseason experience. So like, start with that as your, you know, kind of your foundation here. Um, the best way I can describe it is, so let's start the, the first three divisions, Atlantic, North, Central. In each of those divisions, all but the bottom two teams make it. All right. So that's, think of that as your cutoff line. Um, so, like, for example, right now in the Atlantic, everybody other than Hartford and Wilkesbury Scranton would be in. Um, so that that's the first part. The Pacific Division, similar, uh, but because they have 10 teams in that division, um, they leave three. Three teams don't make it, so the top seven in that division make it. So okay. that's your kind of your playoff field to start with. And without getting too far into the weeds here, um, because it varies by division from there, um, there are now what, what essentially you think of as play-in rounds, and it varies by um, by division. Uh, you know, for example, like um, in one, like in the Central Division, there's only one play-in round, and then the top three get a buy, but okay. that varies. All right. So uh, if you can stay with me here, this is, <laughs> this is, uh, it is tricky. Um, but eventually once you get past that, that playing round, 
you then get to a, kind of a nice, you know, even playing field, right? And then from there, so the playing round is a best of three. Mm-hmm. After that, you have two best of five series. Um, that will boil things down to a final four, you know, your conference final in each right. side, east, west. From there, it switches to the traditional best of seven. So you have best of seven conference final and then a best of seven Calder Cup final, you know, the final two teams. So um, I guess the best way to think of it is, is the the first, you know, the initial playoff field is very um, chaotic. But once you get past that stage, it does get down to something a little bit more uh, manageable, you know, in your head, right? Right. Like, you know, it, it gets easier. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I remember when they first announced it, I, I had to read the thing over, I don't know how many times, just to sort of, you know, I actually remember, like, actually, like, picture myself sitting there, like, jotting it all on a piece of paper. That's like, right. Make sense of it, right? Like, I, I need that visual, you know, um, help there. But, um, I guess like uh, the takeaway from this is 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 also you really want to avoid those playing rounds if at all possible. Now I right. guess if you're just squeaking in the playoffs, you'll take what you can get. But um, you know, like like Hershey for now, like Hershey's been going. You know, they've been first, second place all all year in the division. Now they have Charlotte creeping up on them, only three points back. Hershey could find themselves in a situation where they have to go into a <clears throat> that playing round. Mm-hmm. Um, that best of three, and I mean best of three. I mean, as we all know, right? Like that is that's a really precarious um, situation to be in, right? Like you lose the first game and you're already facing elimination, so you really right. want to avoid that if at all possible. After that, the best of five is still, I think, fairly tricky. I mean, we saw mm-hmm. that last year with Laval um, getting in. You know, they got into that you know series with Syracuse, and that went best of five, and um, it just it doesn't leave you like a ton of like time to you know kind of like get a feel for the series right like you're kind of in it right off the bat right like that you don't have that 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 feeling out process right so yeah there's there's a lot of different elements at play in this but um those are sort of your takeaways i mean and and then if you could get to the conference final all you have to do is like beat some of the best teams in the league that's all you have to do that's that's right (laughs) now like and you so you can see some um you can see like a Cinderella team a little bit, like Laval was last year, right? A like, little bit, yeah. You, you catch you catch fire early on. Um, you, you get a couple of those those short uh, playoff rounds, and you can before you know it, you can end up in the conference final. Definitely. Uh, one last takeaway is just this: you can have a situation like where you you look for comments, regular season champion last year, but they ended up sitting around for probably a good two weeks mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> while the playing rounds were happening and they got into a situation there where like now you'd have to, you've been sitting around for two weeks practicing and I have to jump right into a playoff series and right. a short one at that, at best of five. And then they ended up getting bounced by Rochester, uh, you know, early. So um, it, it, it's kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a crapshoot, you know, just, you know, even more so than the HL already is in terms of, those elements, you know, short playoff series, you know, long delays, uh, you know, and a lot of, uh, you know, moving parts in terms of rosters where, you know, we've seen that too, where if you're, you know, your NHL parent club is, is done, 
they can send down uh, three or four or five impact players. Sure. And completely change the team. So uh, yeah, there's yeah yeah a lot of moving parts. Do the bracket <laughs> challenge for <laughs> for the AHL, and first of all, the bracket would be <laughs> very very uneven looking. But um, you know, trying to trying to uh, you know you know come up with a, a, a you know successful bracket, so to speak in the AHLs is a very difficult challenge. It is. There are a lot of moving parts. Uh, and that's why we have you here to help us sort through all of that. So thank I you. I hope that made sense. I d- it did. It did. It Believe made sense it. in my head. And like, uh, I, when I try to explain it, I, yeah, I can trip myself up even a little bit, even having familiarized myself with it. But I, that's sort of the, 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 the lowdown on it. Uh, that's basically just... <laughs> Just follow along and we'll, we'll guide you. <laughs> that sounds good. That's what we're here for each and every week. Uh, and so we can guarantee we'll have a, a great chat with you again next Tuesday on the AHL Hot Stove segment here on the Press Zone. And we'll probably get into a little bit more of, you know, some of the battles that are going on for those for those playoff spots next week. And we can we can start to talk about uh, those NCAA players uh, that might start arriving on AHL rosters. So, Patrick, thank you very much for joining us today. I hope you have a great week. Thank you. My pleasure. A big thanks once again to Patrick Williams for joining us. You know, I can't break down the ins and outs of qualifying for the AHL postseason uh, on my own. I def- like I-, I would have made complete mincemeat out of that explanation. And although Patrick said, you know, even himself, it takes a bit to wrap your head around it. Uh, great explanation. The difficult part of it is that the qualifying and and the path forward through the postseason is essentially different for every division because none of the divisions have, you know, the same amount of teams in them. And so it's not very straightforward. So really appreciate Patrick coming in and kind of laying the land for us there as we start to talk about the Calder Cup playoffs and the potentials for teams like Laval to maybe make it into the postseason. And uh, we look forward to having Patrick back again next week to talk a bit more about the postseason. Um, and we look forward to having all of you back again next week. Uh, it's been a it's been a fun week. It's an exciting week. Now that we're past the trade deadline, the hunt is on as we're coming down the stretch to see who's going to make it into the playoffs, what's going to happen with these teams in the last four weeks of the regular season. The one thing you can guarantee... Uh, and count on is that we will be here each and every week bringing you all the latest about the Laval Rocket and keeping you well apprised of how they're doing as they try to qualify once again for the Calder Cup playoffs. And so with that, we thank you for listening and we invite you to come back next Tuesday for another episode of the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.